211th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. On April 29, 2018, the Land Stewardship Project co-sponsored a discussion with candidates for Minnesota governor. The event took place in Wilmer, which is in the west-central part of the state. The event was held in partnership with Clean Up the River Environment and Isaiah, and was part of an effort to share a vision for what political leaders should prioritize and how they should work with farmers and other people living in outstate Minnesota. This event was part of the Our Minnesota Future Initiative, a long-term strategy to build the power to govern in Minnesota. Besides LSP, 21 people's organizations are part of this coalition, including faith groups, environmental groups, organizations that work in communities of color and immigrant communities, as well as labor unions and progressive organizations. Both Republican and Democratic farmer labor candidates for governor were invited to the meeting. The three DFL candidates at the time, State Auditor Rebecca Otto, State Representative Aaron Murphy, and U.S. Representative Tim Walz attended. During the event, panels consisting of rural residents who are members of the Land Stewardship Project, Clean Up the River Environment, and Isaiah gave presentations to the candidates on quote-unquote bold solutions they would like to see the candidates take leadership on. They also asked the gubernatorial candidates how they would go about implementing such bold solutions. This podcast features excerpts of some of the comments made and questions posed by Land Stewardship Project farmer members who participated in the panels. First, Henderson, Minnesota farmer Josh Reinitz talked about the importance of having vibrant rural communities. I'm Josh Reinitz. My family and I farm in Henderson, Minnesota, where we grow organic vegetables. I've been a member of the Land Stewardship Project for more than 10 years. Our values and aspirations are rooted in care for people and the land. We envision strong and vibrant rural communities with more farmers on the land, able to make a living, grow healthy food, and care for the land and waters. We believe that diversity creates strength and resilience. This is how nature does it. It's true in agriculture, and it's true in our communities. The farming system has a major impact on rural communities, and we have a system that is not working for farmers of all types. I saw my dad's farm go out of business in the 80s when he had to sell all but 40 acres of our family farm. The remainder is what I'm farming today. We are in a new crisis now. We have dairy and crop farmers facing extremely low prices and no real leadership to help these farmers. We have suicide hotlines instead. And professors from the U of M say we should usher family farmers out of farming and that the way of the future is the 8,000 cow dairy. This is a recipe for hollowed out rural communities if families can't see a path to making a living out of farming. I am in my 10th year of farming, so technically my last year as a beginning farmer. Many young people desperately want to farm, including people who grew up with it like I did, people new to farming, and people coming from farming backgrounds in other countries as immigrants. The cost of land and consolidation into mega farms are huge barriers for new farmers who want to get onto the land. Many of us are building creative businesses built around healthy and local food, or rotational grazing, or organic production, 
and are doing this on small plots of land. These need real support and in public investment. There are major challenges for farming of all, farmers of all types and for rural Minnesota. We know clearly from our history that we prosper when the wealth generated by agriculture flows through small and mid-sized family farms. I grew up in an old German Lutheran farming community. The neighbors were all independent farms. We went farm to farm, helping each other bale hay. The money made on our farms was spent on Main Street, supporting family businesses, not chain stores. But when the wealth generated by agriculture is extracted by the corporations that control agriculture in our food system now, our communities are impoverished and the land depleted. So, we are asking for bold solutions that build the kind of farming system and rural communities that we actually want. Like major public investment in a nation-leading local food system. Market development for small and mid-sized dairy and vegetable farms. We need more independent meat processing facilities. We need to address the consolidation of land. And we need a bold incentive program for cover crops and regenerative type farming. It is going to take standing up to some powerful interests. But if the next governor is determined to see more farmers on the land and to promote a family farm-based system of agriculture and willing to work with us to do that, it can happen. Rural people and farmers are ready. Laura Frerichs, who raises vegetables near Hutchinson, Minnesota, talked about why affordable, quality health care means so much to farmers and other rural residents. My name is Laura Frerichs. I'm an organic vegetable farmer from Hutchinson, Minnesota, where I farm with my family. I'm also on the board of the Land Stewardship Project. I'm continuing on the topic of health care and how that relates to our rural economy. LSP believes that every person has value and every human being should be treated with kindness, compassion, respect, and dignity, no matter their economic situation. We imagine a high-quality healthcare system that takes care of everyone and frees us to pursue meaningful lives. In its current state, healthcare is one of the major limiting factors for starting new businesses. This is limiting economic development in our rural communities. I hear time and again from new farmers that one of their major barriers to farming is access to affordable health care. They aren't able to work for a farm, start a farm, or quit their current job to scale up their farm because they can't afford to lose their employer health insurance benefits. Health care should not be linked to an employer. Access to rural high quality clinics and hospitals is also a huge issue across the state. Towns like St. James, Lake City, Wabasha, and more have lost their hospital's birthing services. Rural Minnesota is not a viable place for families if there is no prenatal and birthing care nearby. Our family recently qualified for Minnesota Care with the birth of our youngest child, William, a state program that serves many self-employed farmers and low-income Minnesotans. It has been an affordable plan, and luckily we are um, have accessible hospitals and clinics nearby. Before Minnesota Care, we were spending about 20% of our family's annual income on insurance and medical expenses. Now, we have been able to invest that money back into our business to increase our farm staff wages 
and save for retirement. That money has gone right back into our rural economy. One caveat with Minnesota Care is that the income limit is hard and fast. This income limit is a disincentive uh, to business growth. It disempowers folks to quit jobs or work less just to qualify for much needed health care. The low income limits also can then disqualify farmers like us from access to credit and loans. Our bold solution is to establish a publicly run, publicly funded universal health insurance system in Minnesota. This would free up entrepreneurs, farmers to do what they do best and help bolster the rural and urban economies. A publicly funded healthcare system would also cover and care for the unemployed, underemployed students, and others that don't have access to quality, affordable coverage. Also, current income limits for state programs like Minnesota Care should be graduated so that they do not act as a disincentive for business growth. We have solutions. We know what our communities need. We need to put people over the profits of corporate insurance companies, providers, and drug companies. And to do that, we need elected leaders who commit to work with us in a new type of partnership to achieve the big healthcare changes we want to see. How do rural residents compete with professional lobbyists when it comes to making their voices heard at the legislature and the governor's mansion? Webster, Minnesota farmer Anna Racer posed that very question. I'm Anna Racer. I'm a land stewardship project member from Webster. I grew up in Minneapolis. I attended the UMM, and then after working on several organic vegetable farms, my husband and I found land in Webster and started our own vegetable farm. We're both full-time farmers and we have two small children. I want to talk about what it takes for people to get to the capital and weigh in on issues, even when we really care. In the spring, we are getting our greenhouse started, fixing machinery, getting our fields ready to be planted. We have an endless list of jobs to be done, and we are also at the mercy of the weather. Once it gets to this time of year, we are working all the time. We have two part-time employees who we also manage. To get to the capital, we need to arrange childcare, make sure someone can water, take care of animals, and then travel to the cities. We also need to hope our legislators can meet with us at the time scheduled. It's not impossible, but it does feel daunting. And it can be easy for lots of us to decide that it doesn't feel worthwhile. I have lived in Minnesota my whole life and actually never have been to meet with my legislators or attend a hearing. I have contacted my legislators, but it's hard to feel like I have a voice. I have been getting much more involved and want to be part of shaping my community and our state because I care about my neighbors, my family, and our natural resources. I want to live in a state that takes care of its residents and that prioritizes protecting our shared natural resources. I want to feel proud of the state I live in. But I know there are corporate lobbyists in the Capitol every day. They know how the system works and, they, and how to make sure their interests are heard. There's no, there's no way I can do that. My question is how do you plan to work for the well-being of the whole community, including those of us without a vote? Who do you see as the people you need to work with and represent? And how will you equalize the power difference between people and corporate interests and go out of your way to connect with and prioritize regular people? It has become evident that dominant narratives can have a huge impact on not only individual people's actions, but public policy. Farmer and LSP organizer Brian Simon made it clear that our political leaders must challenge narratives that hurt the land, farmers, and rural communities. My name is Brian Simon, and I'm a beginning farmer. I raise grass-fed beef near Barrett, Minnesota. 
and I also work for LSP. As an LSP organizer in the Chippewa 10% project, my job is to meet with farmers and landowners and speak with them about ways to improve their stewardship practices, such as rotational grazing, cover crops, and crop rotation, as well as connecting them with available resources and networks. Speaking with a lot of farmers, you could say I have my finger on the pulse of rural Minnesota. Recently in my work, I have had the opportunity to engage with a number of LSP members, rural community leaders in, Chip in the Chippewa River watershed about narrative. In a series of workshops, we learned about how narrative can be more powerful than facts, that changing the public narrative is the key to achieving bold solutions because narrative or the public story shapes our opinions and actions and defines what is possible. As an example, there is a piece of the dominant public narrative surrounding agriculture that says bigger is always better. This idea drives policies that are being chosen, determines whose voice is given weight, and sets the course for our rural communities, leading to larger and larger farms, higher and higher land prices, and fewer and fewer farmers. With that bigger is better narrative in place, it is extremely difficult to make some of the changes that need to happen. But a shift in the public narrative to one that re recognizes how we are connected to each other and that is based on care for others and the land would open up space for policies that value small farms, support beginning farmers, and build vibrant rural communities. Our organizations are seeking to your help as governor to work with us to implement some bold solutions. But before these solutions can be implemented, work needs to be done to change or replace existing dominant narratives in order to make way for needed changes. This dominant narrative is so prevalent that we all get caught up in it sometimes, and we need to challenge it and intentionally lift up something different. So my question is, what dominant narratives do you see that are working against the people of Minnesota, especially in rural communities, how would you go about challenging those dominant narratives and lifting up a healthier story? For more on the Our Minnesota Future initiative, see www.landstewardshipproject.org and follow the links under the Organizing for Change tab. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.